Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Carmeyer, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Carmeyer! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? Wednesday, and I'm sure you can tell a little bit different audio quality today. I am actually on the road. It is Christmas Eve. I'm recording here on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Bolted out of work, got a few uh, last-minute errands done, and I am on the road to uh, visit family here on Christmas, but uh, we are not going to miss a Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I'm here to talk Detroit Lions with you. So uh, right off the top, like some news and notes. I mean, a few things on my mind, like uh, lots of lots of guys going on IR, Jelani Tavai going on IR, IR with a shoulder injury. I mean, I, I felt he looked good in the middle. You know, I think this kid sort of come along. I, I'm still not sure what his ceiling is, you know, when he has to cover people or when you have to sort of see his overall athleticism you you wonder a little bit his leadership seems great he has the want to he's a he's a yes sir guy all that stuff is good I think you know I think they're just going to redefine his role hopefully in year two you know maybe he's in the middle maybe JD's on the outside you know maybe they're able to upgrade with a, a nasty outside linebacker that can come off the other side where Kennard isn't playing I heard recently on Twitter, like, Kennard was getting a lot of beef, a lot of people saying, you know, oh, this guy is, you know, he's he's a so-so football player. Like, Devin Kennard, to me, is one of our most rock-solid players on this team uh, on the defense side of the ball. Now, I don't know if that's a great thing because I think he's a solid, good, to above-average football player. You know, he, he makes tackles, he's gritty. Every time we seem to be getting a sack, which isn't often, it's usually Devin Kennard uh, getting after the quarterback there. Uh, great guy in the locker room, just a just an A plus guy all across the board. So, you know, I, I I fought a few people on that, and I just thought like, don't take some of these solid guys that we have that are consistent producers. You know, Devin Kennard, he's got bigger and stronger since he's been with the Lions take away from him. So, I mean, I like Kennard on the one side. I sort of like uh, Tavai in the middle and maybe a JD with another, uh, you know, freaky athlete type on the outside that can also cover, run and hit, as well as sort of get after the quarterback and kind of be what we're looking for. So, Jelani Tavai on IR to me was disappointing. I, I think I remember the play, sort of a no-nothing, who-cares type of play where he just sort of dove out of bounds after somebody and hurt his shoulder. I did hear it was the same shoulder that he uh, had injured in college and, and had some issues with pre-draft. So, you know, that's that's not good. Anytime you kind of have a reoccurring injury, especially a shoulder with a uh, linebacker, that's not what you're looking for. 
So th- that was a big injury that came up. You know, they've obviously shelved a lot of guys. Hey, here's a here's an item I got off the top with Bob Quinn. So everybody jokes like that Bob Quinn, he just sort of, you know, his mission is just to work the waiver wire and bring in all these people every Tuesday or whatever, sign a million people, get rid of them. You know, revolving door there at the APHQ headquarters. I mean, I think that's true. And for a while now, I've sort of been supportive of that being like, hey, this guy is doing his due diligence. He's really, you know, pounding the pavement, looking for football players. I'm starting to like soften or sour a little bit on that because I feel like he's bringing in a ton of people. And I really don't see any magical great finds. You know, I see uh, some some guys will have a flash here or there, a guy that will come up on the roster, you know, maybe show a couple things, and then boom, he's gone. Or, hey, a guy comes up, he, he goes away, he comes back, he's on the practice squad, he's up. And then before you even really get to see what the guy has, he's gone. Like, I, it's, a, it's, it's a big mystery to me, the NFL general manager, when it comes to adding and dropping players, you know, I'm sitting here, my lazy boy, just saying, like, go pick up Bo Scarborough. He's a big, you know, young football player at a position of need. He went to a a big school in Alabama. We have no running backs. It can probably help us. Sure enough, that's kind of been, like, the best ad we've had. And Bob Quinn and all the A-plus scouts are going out and getting these guys that, like, undrafted, never heard of, bringing them in just to play special teams gunner. I mean, this stuff never helps us long-term, really. I mean, you can say little players here or there. Like, people were asking me about David Blau recently. Like, what do you think? And I was kind of like, to me, David Blau's a, you know, I'll roll with him as a backup next year, assuming that Matt Stafford is okay. I mean, a lot of people want to go upgrade that position. But if you really think about it, you know, if you're really going to roll with Matt Stafford as your starting quarterback, your $30 million man, uh, highly paid backup for the most part is pretty much a waste. A draft pick in the middle rounds is sort of a waste because you would still be hoping that Matt Stafford balls out and he plays for you for a really long time. So that player you're going to take in the third, fourth, fifth round is probably just going to sit around, do nothing, develop, and then you hope it's trade bait or you hope that in a pinch he comes in. But I've just never been a proponent of really taking that quarterback until you're really ready to move on. And if you're in a, you know, high draft slot where just there's no other thing but say, hey, we may never be up in the top five again. Let's go get this guy now and build around him on a cheap contract. So, you know, David Blau, like I said, to me is doable. That's a, a somewhat of a little find by Bob Quinn, a guy that, you know, has not played very well in the last few games, but is a guy that can you know he has the leadership he has the you know I think he has the smarts the capabilities to sort of help and be that backup guy that is always going to be there always dependable could come in in a real you know tight situation but you'd much rather have him all on the clipboard and we got Bo Scarborough and then a bunch of other people that just cycle in and out defensive tackles nobody's ever heard of bringing in a million tight ends and corners I mean, you'd think we'd be able to find somebody off the street here that would help us. But that, that's just been a beef of mine recently is this whole ad drop, practice squad, bring them up, waiver wire. I mean, you'd think, you think you'd run in a squirrel would find another once in a while and you, you get one of these guys that really ends up helping your team multiple years, ends up being a good football player, isn't just, as Grifka would say, a tackling dummy. Um, 
that's what I'm looking for. Same in the draft. You know, these late rounds, I feel like we're just throwing these late round picks away. You know, P.J. Johnson supposed to be like a poor man snacks. Harrison comes in for a cup of coffee before you know it. He's gone. I, I want to say he showed up on another team recently, like the Panthers, maybe something like that. But I feel like we don't even really give these guys much time. It's like you can't cut it right from, you know, nearly day one. These guys just get rid of you. Sometimes it takes a little bit of patience and bringing them along. And obviously they know a lot more than I do being there at practice and knowing their medicals and knowing all the ins and outs that we don't know as fans. But I'd like to to calm down the waiver wire activity and maybe just get some quality here at some point from either waiver wire, undrafted free agents, late round draft picks, you know, whatever it may be so that you can sustain the football team that way rather than, you know, Bob Quinn's been really good in the first three rounds, you know, for the most part. And, you know, I, I like some of those free agent signings for when it comes to, you know, next year. I think you're really going to see Coleman. You're going to see Flowers. You know, Amendola's been obviously a plus player this year. So, you know, I, I think he does some good things there. You go all the way back to Marvin Jones. When he paid Marvin Jones, you know, I wasn't a big fan. But you look at that contract now, and it's been great for the value that, that Marv's brought to the team. So, you know, he's going to have to deal with contracts like Kenny and others, but I think that uh, some of the things he's done has really been good. For the football team, now, like you say, we're coming into this last game, really nothing on the line for the Packers, nothing too much for our Lions. So I, I don't know. I mean, like you want the team to win. You know, everybody is just frustrated. We haven't seen a losing streak like this in, in a long time. Even when the Lions were bad, you know, you'd lose a few, win one, lose a few more, win one. This has just been, you know, since since basically around that Oakland game, you know, we got the one win against the Giants. It's been nothing, you know. We've uh, been sputtering since Oakland and then, you know, beat the Giants and just been nothing since. So, I mean, I know everybody wants to win for that aspect, but when I think about it, it's just kind of like I got to a point where I was just like, no, I want this draft pick to be as high as possible. Because I feel like this is one of those scenarios, almost like the NBA lottery, where a team might sort of miss the playoffs, have a down year, and then get, you know, jump up in the lottery and get a good pick. So now you're adding a good draft pick to a team that is pretty decent. It just had a really bad year. And as much as everybody wants to, you know, hate on the Lions, look around, look at their play and say, you know, this team is so far away. I'm definitely still on that train where I think there's talent there. I think there's ability. I think that, you know, if if the stars align and things go well, you're looking at this team and going, man, this is a team that has young players, athletes, um, you know, guys that fit the scheme. And and this has been a, a bad year from top to bottom. And what do you expect when you lose your quarterback, you know? Uh, you know, not only lose your quarterback, like for all year, we were going to pride ourselves on defensive line, stopping the run, as well as being a little bit better in coverage. And we haven't been able to get after the quarterback because we've never had flowers, snacks, hand, Aquara, Canard, you know, even some of the rookies that we got firing on all cylinders. So if those guys aren't firing up front, you know, the Justin Coleman's, the Slays, and then what we're trying to do at cornerback two is sort of have a veteran 
and hope that AO could come along. And that's been a debacle, too, because there's no pressure, so those guys can't cover. And AO hasn't come along the way we hoped. And as much as I love Towton Tracy Walker, and I saw an article saying he's going to have over 100 tackles. I mean, when when your deep safety has over 100 tackles, that's not a good thing. You know, when Tracy Walker is making tackles but then can't cover, you know, he just looks a step late. He looks like he's a big old athlete in the jersey, but I haven't seen any big-time plays from him since probably Arizona when I think he went up and got a pick early in that football game. Or maybe it was Philly. I can't remember. He went and got one. You know, overall, yeah, he's had some times where he's guarded up on tight ends. He's had some times where he's been – you know, looks like a plus player, but there's been too many times the last few weeks, as well as, you know, the back half of this whole season where him and Will Harris have been really inconsistent. And Tavon Wilson, who's the old man in the room and kind of on his last leg in the NFL, is coming up and smacking people in the mouth and making plays. I mean, I hope that rubs off, but I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm going to find out next year what Tracy has. Like, I got all this potential, all this love for him. And I'm also hating on him recently because I'm just not seeing good play from him. You know, he's just not. He's a step behind the ball, might make a tackle, might miss a tackle, you know, might uh, just inconsistent. Will Harris. I mean, I can't even give Will Harris a play yet this year. He's just been there when he's out there. You know, he hasn't been out there recently because Tavon's taking his snaps. So, If those guys can come on, you add a freaky playmaker with that top five type pick and you get your front line back the way it should be, like, I don't see why we can't get back to dominating the run game, getting after the passer a bit better, obviously, than we have this year, and being able to cover because, you know, Coleman better get get it together. He better start, you know, manning up in the slot, being on top of people, turning the football over. You know, it seems to me like everybody has Slay out the door, but in my opinion, Slay is a guy that can stay. He's a guy that he's on a good contract. Yeah, he might not be that happy. Yeah, he might talk noise sometimes. But if they're planning on getting a top three-round corner in the draft to go with Slay, I say you just sort of hang on to him, see if you can have that pair for a year at least, if not a couple of years, and see if you can get to not only a playoff uh, berth, but maybe a little bit of a run out of this team. And like everybody said, the offense is basically fine. So I, I'm hanging my hat on that they're not as far away as everybody thinks. The draft pick plus a rejuvenated 2020 team, you know, the third season, but really the, you know, the second season, in my opinion, really under Matt Pat, where everybody knows what's going on. He's got his type of players and they're ready to roll. I think you could see a big jump up from this team, you know, going all the way up to those double-digit type wins, as well as making some noise, like being able to go, man, this team was Swiss cheese on D. Now we can't run and we can't pass on them, as well as Matt Stafford with uh, a second-year Hawkinson. Kenny just coming into his own. Uh, I don't see why we couldn't put up points offensively as well. So super excited about 2020. You know, not too much to talk about this year. It's been a tough season. Lots of losses piling up. But uh, those are your news and notes. That's my general thought on where we're at. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos. Uh, Give you kind of my quick thoughts on that game. Talk about it a bit. And all types of other things right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. 
Uh, come right back, everybody, right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, we're back, back in the house now. I know the audio quality isn't where it should be, but you got to bear with me. Uh, I'm going to work on, I've got a couple other microphones, so I'll work on. If I do some car recordings in the future, I'll get this together where it sounds a bit better. I, uh, I'm i using the AirPod headphones, and like I said, I, I just don't think the quality is where it should be. I, I don't know what's going on, but um, thanks for hanging in there with me. Uh, got some things off the top there. News and notes on Johnny Tobias, as well as ran through the uh, just kind of my thoughts on where this team is headed. You know, this season has been one of those. You know, when we're talking about the Denver game here. You know, going into these last few ball games, you know, there hasn't been that feel that we should have as as a you know to me Detroit might be called hockey town. You know, might have a good college sports all this other stuff, but it's a football town. And, like, we have not had that excitement when it comes to looking forward to Sundays, looking forward to football. You know, we've probably been six-plus weeks now where it's just kind of like, ah, yep, the game's on, I'm a huge fan, but I'm trying to grasp at straws on things to get excited about or to watch on a Sunday. There's no stakes with any of these games. Like, it's just really been disconcerting from that level for that long of a time. I mean, I think, you know, again, when you love the team, you know, you're going to watch regardless. I know a lot of people have turned it off this year. I don't really want to get on a big rant here, but my big issue with people turning it off or like I'm done with the Lions is like, yeah, you can play that game. You can talk about what happened 50 years ago. But we all know, we all know that if if and when this team wins, those same people are going to be the first ones there, the first ones going crazy, the first ones, you know, with their jersey on watching the ball game, just like they were with the Pistons when everybody had written them off since the late 80s, early 90s, and then all of a sudden they start winning again, and everybody is at the Palace. Everybody loves the Pistons. I mean, it's not the... Uh, not anything we haven't seen before. Uh, big old cool guy in his Range Rover thinks he's going 90 miles an hour on a 50 here, just plowing by everybody on a one lane. Yeah, way to go, buddy. Like, I hope you get to your Christmas, like, two minutes before I do. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, that's just what I don't like about Detroit sports. Like, I feel like we have great sports fans, overall knowledgeable, very passionate about our teams and stuff. 
but I also feel like we we love and support when a winner, and we love to to not only jump ship but like rag on it when things aren't going well. And it's like my whole thing with my teams in general, you know, things I enjoy. It's like you've got to sort of hang in through the good and the bad. You know, you've got to be there saying, hey. You know, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win championships every year. You're not going to be competitive all the time. You're going to have down years. So all these people I hear on the radio saying, I'm done with, I'm just, I'm done with the Lions. Like, you know, they'll, they'll come up with something. Oh, because they brought Bob Quinn and Matt Pat back, you're done. Okay. You're done now until they start winning. And then you'll be right back on, uh, right where you, right where you were. You know, some of these people that just, uh, I've been alive for 60 years and they've never, nobody cares. No, Nobody cares how long you've been alive, how long you've seen losing football, because none of that impacts today. None of the Lions culture, none of the nothing 50 years ago impacts today. It doesn't. The only thing that I'll somewhat give people is I do feel like the Fords have a really corporate buttoned up you know, do it our way, keep everything under the rug, don't take any chances, you know, don't really know much about football type of atmosphere. So, because that hasn't changed, you know, every coach, every regime, every GM, excuse me, everybody that comes under that umbrella is going to somewhat be like that because that's their boss and because that's who cuts their checks and that's because how they have to do it. So, there's my mini rant off the top about people saying they're done with the Lions. Oh, this one thing pushed them over the top. They'll never watch again. Oh, yeah, easy to say that when they've won three football games and when they're beat up across the board and when they haven't played well defensively and when you just decided that there's nobody good on this team and that Matt Stafford they can't do it and blah, 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 blah. You know, we've heard it. We've seen it. It's all garbage to me because the minute they get in the playoffs and have that home playoff game, Anybody who's anybody is going to want to be in the house. The time this team wins in the playoffs, the city's going to be on fire. You're not going to hear people call them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're one game away from the Super Bowl, but I've been done with that team for a decade. I, I don't care. Yeah, right. They're going to be clamoring for tickets, clamoring to get in the building and want to be a part of the experience. So you've got to ride the wave. you got to ride the ups and downs. Now, rant over, getting back to Denver. Again, going into this game, you know, I'm thinking like normally you're heading to Denver, rookie quarterback. You know, they don't have a ton of skilled players that that you fear. Defense is always talked about, but to me is not really, uh, I don't know, as Griffith would say, it's not that great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they are what they are. They're, they're a lower mid team in the league. So the Lions have basically nobody other than Kenny Galladay. And, and Danny, Gritty, Amendola offensively, you know, okay, yeah, they're getting Bo and carry on back, but I'm not expecting much offensively. But I was thinking, you know, this might be a team that we can we can deal with. You know, Cortland Sutton, they're, they're wide out. I think he's in his second year now. He's really showed some promise. He can go up and get the football. I figured he might make some plays on us. Uh, he made a few, Slay made a few. But I was just going in this game going, you know, I don't really know, you know, not only, not only what to expect, but, you know, what's best case scenario? Because, like, I want to win, but I don't want to cost myself the draft pick. 
I also don't want to like somewhat lose out. The only reason that's okay now is because they did what was right and they said Bob Quinn and Matt Pat are going to come back, which is like stick with the plan, stick with these players, stick with the scheme, you know, ride it out and know that, you know, if anything good is going to come of it, it's going to come because you hung in there, not because you failed ship and you just quit and you wanted to start over again. So because they're coming back, like losing out to me isn't the biggest issue now. It's kind of like, I don't like it, but it is what it is. And it's pretty much all about that draft pick. Like it was at five. We knew it could go up. So I'm watching this game. Lions get an early turnover. I think they uh, stall out, of course. You know, David Blau starts out struggling. And uh, three points on the board from Matt Prater. Then we come back, put a drive together, get down there. Kenneth, as I say on Twitter sometimes, Kenneth Galladay uh, catches a little slant, just absolutely goes beast mode. And, uh, you know, man's up on his guy, keeps his knees off the ground, stretches the football out, puts it over the goal line. Just an absolute great play. A few of my buddies wrote me right after that and just said, man, this guy's a beast. You know, he, he just gets better and better. Fun to watch. Making plays consistently from game one to week 16 here. So you got to like what Kenny's been bringing to the table. Lions go up 10 zip. But as big of a fan I am and as optimistic as much as I – like to drink it in, man, that Detroit Kool-Aid. Like, I'm sitting there going, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold this or win this game. You know, they're playing pretty decent on offense. I know Snacks had a play that I was excited about, you know, a, a few stops here or there, but still not getting after the quarterback. You know, corners just kind of, again, step or two slow in coverage third down and eight, you know, Denver makes it look easy. Just a little, you know, stick route right past the sticks for a first down. So sure enough, you know, they, they, they come back, they, they get a few points here or there. Next thing I know, you know, Lions kind of stall out. Philip Lindsay, uh, electric talent, man. This guy has crazy speed, undrafted guy. Like you ever hear an interview from Philip Lindsay? He's a heck of a guy when it comes to, like, his belief in himself as well as his humble attitude and wanting to just be a, a big-time football player that was looked over. Sure enough, man, he gets up, uh, run up in the hole, cuts it outside, leaves everybody in the dust, touchdown. That basically puts Denver up, uh, I think, 10 or so at that point. Lions really don't put much together except for I at least got to somewhat mention it late in the game. They throw a third down, I believe it was. Might have even been second down. Nice little stick route to Kenny. Pass right in front of the sticks. He scoops the ball with his fingertips. It's an obvious catch. He, he then dives forward to get the first down so the Lions can either continue to put a drive together, maybe even go down and get points, whatever it may be. These knucklehead referees call it incomplete. Then they show the replay about five times. I mean, Ray Charles could see that it was complete. Uh, Stevie Wonder is sitting there going, are you kidding me? Like, how, how do you, how are you missing this? The guy scoops it. There's there's area between his, his fingers in the ground. His whole hand's under the football. The ball never moves. It never touches the ground. All these stupid things we got to go through every time they review a catch. 
uh, obviously scoops it up. Then he dives forward before he's touched for first down. So my, my worst case scenario is like, oh, they're going to say a fingertip touched him, call him a yard short, and we're just not going to go for it for whatever reason. These jamokes, these jabrones, these Rudy poo referees come back and say, incomplete. The, the call stands. Like, I mean, what an absolute embarrassment to a billion-dollar business are these knuckleheads and striped shirts, these complete clown jobs that, like, I don't even know if you can blame it on the refs, because if the refs missed it in real time, you you could understand it. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the absolute buffoons in New York, as they always have to say, oh, they're in New York. Well, wherever they are, they have no clue what they're doing, because they have probably 18 million TV sets, all this other uh, setup sitting in, the, in their fancy leather chairs. And you're telling me these guys can't tell this is a completed pass? I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's kick on the Grifka conspiracy music about this game's over. We don't care about Denver and Detroit. Just get it over with so we make sure that we can get to either, what was it, Dallas and Philly next or whatever other game they had on at 4 o'clock that was so much more important. When these guys are – Kenny Galladay is trying to add to his 1,100-some yards, and who knows what would have happened on that drive for the team, for some of those guys that are trying to get more snaps. So for you to just look at this in high def, 4K, whatever you got, and to come back and say incomplete is just absolute embarrassment. Like I say, it's – it's just not being good at your job from whoever the, the guy is that's head of officials all the way down. I it, it didn't cost the Lions a game. It wasn't some big play, really. It just showed me that these guys have no clue what they're doing. They can't see a catch if it, if it hit them in the face. They, they don't know how to interpret their own rules because they made up so many joke addendums to these rules. They, they can't even figure out for themselves. You got guys on TV that can blatantly see it, yet these guys would probably be told they're never qualified to work for the NFL in officiating capacity, yet pretty much every week the guys in the booth can see it in two seconds. These expert geniuses in New York looking at it with 8 million TVs and high-def 4K can't come back and make some of the easiest calls, like I say, in the world. It's it's a joke, and it's continued to happen in lines too much. I'm sick of it. So I had to get that off my chest as well. But, yeah, this was another game. Lions played good early. They fell late. Tell me if you've heard that before. They gave up touchdowns to a team that shouldn't be, you know, putting up that kind of points. We're putting out a makeshift defense and offense out there, so I'm not too upset about it. But I just feel like same old story again. And the only good part was we went from number five pick in the draft to number three. We still have a chance to maybe move up to number two in week 17. The, the dream scenario is to get Chase Young. Even if we stay at three, four, or five, we're still going to get a really good football player. There's lots of guys I like at the top of the draft. But I would really like Chase Young. I even said on Twitter, at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E, that I felt this is the type of guy that if you had to try to go from three to two or three to one, to go get him, that'd be something I'd consider. I don't like giving up draft picks. I don't like sacrificing 
you know, future assets, but there are times when there's a premier talent, a guy that fits exactly what you need, a guy that's produced at a really high level in college, basically every time he's been out on the football field across his career. So, you know, I feel like if, if you have to give up, you know, some, some assets to go get a guy like this, this is the time to go do that. If you miss out on him, you're still going to get a really good player in the top five. And what people don't realize, too, about why the draft pick's so important is because it's not you're not just moving up two picks, three picks in that top, top few. You're moving up three, four picks every round. You're at the top of every round. You know, if we all go back in draft history, there's tons of studs that go at the top of the second, top of the third round. And then it starts to get dicey as you move down the board, you know, but you want to be at the top of those rounds. You want to capitalize when you have those opportunities. Hopefully this is the last time in a while the Lions will have those opportunities. If you remember the reason they had such a good team and what was it, 2011, 2012, is because the Sues, even Nick Fairley was firing on all cylinders. You know, we had you know, Matt Stafford with some weapons at that point. We had some other young players that we had hit on because we were picking so high in those in those drafts that that's sort of how you get over the hump in the NFL is you might have like a bad season or two to take really good young talent on top of your underperforming talent. Everybody in the NFL has good talent. It's just at what level. And when you, when you put good young rookies on top of good players that just either underperformed or were injured or whatever it may be, that's sort of why you see these jumps in the NFL last you know, last of first or, um, you know, bottom of the division to winning the division, you know, down in the conference, all of a sudden you're a powerhouse in the conference. It can happen. It does happen every year. So another loss for the Lions against Denver, but the big picture was the draft pick position was really the most important, really the only thing we could gain other than that fuzzy feeling that Griffka gets in his uh, stomach there when the Lions get a W, even when it means nothing and it hurts our overall outlook. I know there's other people out there that feel the same, but as we've argued on the show before, everybody wants to win. Everybody likes seeing their team win, but not at the sacrifice of missing out on premier players, top draft picks, and with nothing else really on the line. This wasn't, oh, Matt Stafford's out there with all his weapons. Hey, let's we can put on a show. This isn't our defense is all ready to go. We better see him perform well. Beat up team, nothing on the line other than draft status, trying to get a look at some young players and trying to figure out how they're going to turn this thing around when it comes to draft free agency, re-signing some of their own guys. The pitcher, I'm telling you, is going to be a big, big, the biggest offseason in the Detroit Lions history, in my opinion. 2020 offseason, draft, free agency, bringing back some of their homegrown guys, as well as making really strategic good moves from top to bottom. Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, ownership, everybody. And uh, I think it can happen. I think it will happen. And uh, we just got to suffer through these last couple. So we got Green Bay. I know with the holidays and everything going around, um, I believe Grifka is going to bring you a solo show there on Friday talking about Green Bay. We've all heard his love for Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he'll do some funny gimmicks with that. And, uh, and yeah, just uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. 
uh, heading into 2020. It'd be great. Fresh start on the year is always awesome, not only in life, but our sports life. And I'm looking forward to it. So thank you, everybody. I did this show on the road. I didn't get any tickets. I didn't get any accidents. I had a few idiots, but we know how that goes. And I'm going to go enjoy Christmas with my family and be um, super blessed and uh, realize how fortunate we really are in our lives and soak that in, drink it in, and uh, catch our Lions on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers for the final football game of the year. And then we're flipping it over the offseason. And one more thing before I go, 12-30-19. That's a Monday. That's the Monday after the NFL season ends. You got to check me out. The Believe Podcast Network, Believe in Lions. I'm going to have guest hosts every week. We're going to be talking to, um, we may have former Lions players on there eventually. We may get a front office exec. Who knows what might happen on that show, but I'm super excited to debut it and uh, getting fired up for that. And like I said on previous things, nothing's going to change right now or or in general with the Kool-Aid cast. We're going to do Wednesdays. We're going to do Fridays. Um, slim chance maybe go down to one show a week in the off season, but I doubt it. You know, we'll probably just try to keep pumping out that content for you uh, as long as me and Grifka can make it work with our schedules. And uh, like I say, I'm going to keep doing all the stuff I'm doing. Pro Football Focus. Probably see some Lions Wire articles coming out from me. Talking fantasy football. Talking Detroit Lions and all that. But please support me on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A. V is how they spell it. So if you go check that out, it should be up on the podcast platforms. Uh, You're probably listening to this either on uh, Christmas Day, a few days after. I would think, you know, before we get to the weekend, I'm hoping that we'll be up on the podcast platform so you guys can hit subscribe so you can check that out. And like I say, really exciting, fun content, different platform. going to take a bit of a different look at things and still have all the fun that we're having right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So thanks everybody. Take care. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy your family and friends. And we'll be back at you right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.